three. Welcome to the Trigger Warning Talk podcast. We are sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to create and publish your podcast. It's free. That's right. It's free to download. It has built-in tools to allow you to record, edit, and you can record your podcast from any smart device, your cell phone, your tablet, your iPad. Anchor also distributes your podcast on virtually any platform that streams podcasts like Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Apple and Google Podcasts, and much, much more. We're streaming on all major podcast platforms, even Audible. You can even monetize your podcast with no minimal listenership. Anchor is your one-stop app for podcasts, and remember, it's free. So go to anchor.fm to create some amazing content. I am your host, LP, of the Trigger Warning Talk podcast. I'm the fire medic CEO, retired after being on the front line as a COVID paramedic in 2020. I'm here in Charlotte. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. We have a great conversation that we're about to have with a great guest who has a long CV and before I get started with her, I want to tell you, as we always give the disclaimers, because sometimes people don't really realize how critical this information is and how sensitive this information can be that we're going to share on our podcast. So, again, this is the Trigger Want to Talk podcast streaming on all platforms. Uh, we are doing video and audio, so you can watch the podcast on Spotify. You can li- you can also watch it on our YouTube channel, which is Pinch and Pending Consultant Solutions LLC, or you can listen to it wherever you get your audio podcast platforms. So, if you're triggered at any point during this podcast, call nine one one. That's going to start the process of getting you all the help that you need. And that's again, that's just a start. If you don't have an immediate need, what you can do is you can go to any of the links that we have listed in the show notes. So we have the links for, you know, domestic violence and trafficking and rain, which is the rape, abuse, incest national network. If you have any issues with suicides, you can call 988. If you know anybody with issues with suicides, they can call 988. Also, if you have any substance abuse issues, it could be alcohol or drugs. Please, please, please look at the notes that we have. Look at the information that we provide because we have AA, we have NA. And if you're a supporter, we have Al-Anon listed. So I want to jump right into the next conversation because I think that sometimes people don't understand how some issues that we cover in our podcast, which is based on trafficking and that's human and sex trafficking, is sexually based offenses, it's domestic violence. Sometimes people don't understand how these things play a part in our everyday lives. This is why my guest, who is a wonderful, wonderful woman, is going to be talking about some of these things. And we titled this Trigger Resilience. Vulnerability is a synonym for courage with our guest, Jen Oppenheim. You know, Jen is a person who I've met on Clubhouse, which is an app. And I met her in this room called Eating Disorders and Disordered Eating. And Jen has unfortunately had an amazing journey with eating disorders. And she's going to talk to us about being resilient and recovering from some of these things 
and how she even you know got this eating disorder what caused it because sometimes people think oh eating disorders you just you just got to stop stuff in your mouth you know you just got to stop eating the cookies and the candies and the cakes and shit or whatever like just stop doing that well have you asked why they are binging have you asked why or the flip side or whatever why don't you just get a subway sandwich just just go eat you know you're too skinny like well, you know you don't want to eat you know what's what's the problem or whatever well why don't you ask them what's the problem have the conversation with a person who you know has an eating disorder or disorder eating Jen is a person who has a, a website, and her website is jenoppenheim.com. It's called Transformation for Everybody LLC. That's her company. She talks about all things eating disorders, disordered eating. She talks about the traumas and the pain and the stigmas and the stereotypes and the taboos associated with that. A lot of that comes from domestic violence. A lot of that comes from sexually based offenses that they experience either in the home or outside of the home with an intimate partner with a family member with a friend with a stranger so jen i want you to talk to us about who you are briefly and then we're just going to jump right into some of the conversation pieces well thank you so much it is my absolute pleasure and honor to be here i've been grateful to share space and time and energy with you on clubhouse a few times and i'm going to start by reframing one thing that you said which is unfortunately i had this long battle with eating disorders mm -hmm. and i'm going to change that into fortunately i had this long battle with eating disorders and the reason I do that is because I have come to a place, my healing journey, which began exactly on the day um, of February uh, 13th, 2013. Yes. Um, it brought me to where I am right now. You know, everything that I experienced from the really systematic and um, you know, in retrospect, in thinking of it as an adult human, you know, when you're experiencing it as a child, as part of your normal, it seems normal. And then, you know, as an adult, um, you look back and you know that it wasn't normal and also that it wasn't your fault. But I have come to a place where I have become grateful for every single thing that I have experienced because I believe that it has not only helped me heal from everything that occurred, but also find a purpose in it, from it. And it really allowed me, I've been in a, some kind of service position. I always, even though I was so injured i always was trying to help people uh, in some way you know i was always volunteering for something or you know in in service in some way trying to help people and what it allowed me to do is it allowed me to go in and help myself to really truly help myself to commit to my own perfection my own wholeness my own 
spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical health first. And that allowed me to find purpose in all of the pain. It allowed me to find absolute treasure in every single trauma. It brought me to where I am. It brought me to this place where I can reach my hand back and go, we got this, you know, we can get up this mountain. I can, I have this light. I've been here. I've done this. We've got this. We don't have to live attached to that. This isn't that we have right now. We have the next thing we do. Um, so anyway, that was a really long winded um, reply to your, to your initial thing. And also not in any way answering your question, but I, it probably gives people a, a taste of my passion for what I do and who I am. I'm going to give people the Cliff Notes version of some of the <laughs> things that you do, Jen, because I'm telling you, okay. like, I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on it because I know we got a shorter time today and that's okay. And I'm going to have your links where people can reach out to you. That's why I shared on the screen your website as well as your IG page. We'll have that those links on there uh, so people can get in touch with you and get more information on what you do. Here's some of the things that you have. You're a transformation body image and empowerment coach. You're a certified integrative wellness and life coach, certified personal trainer, certified group fitness instructor, certified mediator for conflict resolution and restorative justice, behavior change specialist, weight loss specialist, mental toughness trainer, weight loss and nutrition and sports nutrition, EFT practitioner. The tapping folks, remember I did a tapping section when I did the show of reflection of the way life used to be with Daniel Varghese. Uh, back in May. So I did a tapping session. She showed me how to do all that. And I do, I use it a lot of times. And I'm a metaphysical modality advocate. So I have people on that are Reiki practitioners and NLP and EFT, cognitive behavior and EMDR. You know, I had a lady that uh, specializes with people uh, who are victimized uh, domestic violence, trafficking and sexual based offenses. She uses tarot cards and crystals. You know, uh, so I bring on everybody. It's like if you're in the field of helping people with mental health issues and you're not a snake oil salesman, come on, let's have a conversation. I'm not even done yet. You're an emotional free <laughs> technique creator. We're going to talk about that. Uh, you're author of the, the Everything Dog Obedience book with Jennifer Birdwell. Birdwell. Uh, you I made are, the name. Oh that's, that, oh, that's you. That's right. That's my maiden name, yeah. <laughs> and you're the founder of the Transformation for Everybody. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about support for first responders in sexually-based offenses trauma, as well as eating disorders first, because you lived during a time of some great trauma, like a lot of us have, in Connecticut, specifically Sandy Hook. And we all know about the Sandy Hook. Just, I just want to salute you first and foremost for the work that you have done in that community after Sandy Hook. And we talked about that a little bit before. I want you to talk about sexual based offense trauma with first responders. Let's start with that. Well, 
I think um, for a lot of people in general, first responders are first and foremost, you know, having a human experience. Mm -hmm. And sexual trauma, depending on what your own past is and your own history, I mean, everybody's coming into every situation with their own truth and their own belief system. And you, it, it's uncomfortable for a lot of people, even first responders, it's, it's traumatic. And so they really want to almost avoid it. Um, and I think whether it's an eating disorder or uh, a sexual trauma that has occurred or the, you know, any kind of trauma that has occurred, we always want to ask the victim, the person who is suffering in this moment, what they need. Don't assume you know what they need. And the, the easiest and best question always to ask, and this is something I learned as a coach because we're listening, we, we have to train ourselves to listen to to understand and to ask questions to understand more, understand deeper, rather than trying to fix, trying to, you know, thinking of what we're, how we're going to reply and all of that. So we need to first always ask the magic question is, what do you need? How can I support you now? What do you need right now? What would make you feel most comfortable, most safe now, and listen deeply to that answer. And you may even ask a deeper question, why do you need that? Because it may make no sense to you. Why do you need that? How would that help you? How would that, how would that make you feel more safe and more comfortable? Because from my perspective, as someone who I refuse. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I refuse to refer my to myself as the V-I-C-T-I-M word anymore. Um, but when you're in that place, um, sometimes the stuff that you you want doesn't necessarily make sense. And sometimes you don't know what you want um, and you don't need someone to come in and try to fix it for you. You need to be witnessed. You need to be heard. Um, so, yeah, coming at from from my perspective as someone who suffered those things, um, that's that would be my advice to first responders. Jen, let's focus on eating disorders and the work that you do with eating disorders as it relates to the stuff that we cover, which is specifically domestic violence, and sexual-based offenses. Talk about that correlation between a person as having an eating disorder and or disordered eating and those two traumas. Educate us on that. Well, for myself and the people that I help, the people that I work with, um, they are very closely linked. 
um, I, it, it, it was, it's a way to control something in the midst of chaos. And you may not even be really fully conscious of just how big the chaos is and how deep into survival mode you are. Um, and, you know, our, our primal brain, if we don't have constructive coping skills, our primal brain and our bodies, our bodies respond physiologically to distress with very, you know, predictable outcomes. You know, some people shut down, some people use avoidance, whether it's through restriction or binging on food or alcohol or drugs or sex or name your poison. Um, shopping, doing, you know, having OCD busy, you know, having to have everything spotlessly, you know, it's all the same stuff. It's all a, an attempt to control the chaos that exists, not just in your external world, but also your inability to regulate your emotional responses to it. And that's where, where my work now is, is in helping people diffuse those, tr the triggers that are happening in your now life that are causing you to react to, to still open wounds from whenever, but something in the now cr creates this, this response. And you, you have this need to to feel safe and to feel normal and to feel comfortable. And for many people, controlling food, and it's not a conscious thing. It's not like, well, I'm just not going to eat, so I'll feel better. It's not conscious like that. It gets hooked up. It gets anchored that the only way I can control my world, the only way I can feel safe, the only, you know, is to either do, e eat this or don't eat this you know, um, or I'm going to numb this feeling. For me, I, I hit both ends of the spectrum. I went from, you know, anorexic and bulimic. I mostly was a binge eater um, or what, you know, in I'm 56. So in it, when I was young, they called it um, compulsive eating. Although I will also say that at that time, nobody sent a fat kid for eating disorder treatment because you were just a kid who lacked discipline, willpower. Like you said, nobody asked what was wrong. Nobody asked, it was just, it was a, it was you, your weight is a problem that needs to be fixed. Your weight is a problem that needs to be fixed. Your body's not okay. You're not okay. You need to change yourself and fix yourself to be more acceptable and more lovable to other people. And nobody ever asked. Nobody, you know, no. Meanwhile, I'm systematically abused every single day. And when my um, my abuser, my brother, um, we ended up moving across the country from each other. At that point, it became safe. I didn't know. I didn't realize this until I was 47. It became safe to lose weight at that point. But of course, because I was still deep in the disorder, I had to go to the far other ex extreme and ended up um, at 84 pounds, anorexic, eating 250 to 400 calories a day, um, abusing laxatives, using Ipecac syrup to vomit if I felt like I overate. Um, and I can, you know, I can say the very day 
that I, so of course at 84 pounds and you're 15 years old, everybody's scared. So now you get treatment because people are scared of that. So got treatment for that, but was not in recovery ever. When I was in treatment with the psychiatrist, I can tell you the very day where it went the other way. It was at Christmas time. He gave me a piece of chocolate from a box that someone had given him for Christmas. Yeah. And I carried it around for about four days before I took a bite. And at that point, as soon as I took the bite, the floodgates opened and I went right back up to 200. I, like I was always on this complete thing of trying to control the internal chaos with what I ate or didn't eat. So anyway, that's uh, once again, kind of long-winded for the question that you asked. No, this is the Trigger Warning Talk podcast. We have uncensored conversations. So you might hear some adult language in this podcast as any others. We don't censor anybody. We don't ask anybody to censor themselves. It's totally optional. We also exchange information. This is not a trauma dumping podcast. It's dialogue plus action plans because we always talk about that and we also provide a ton of resources to the listeners so if you're triggered at any point during this podcast you need immediate help call 911 police fire ems if you don't have an immediate need we have a number of websites and phone numbers respectively that can help you whether it be trafficking domestic violence sexually based offenses like rain the rape abuse incest national network if you are suicidal call 988 that's the number that the government set up nationwide here in the States, 988. Uh, you can also get some behavioral health information if you call that number. If you are a person who has substance abuse issues, whether it be alcohol and or drugs, we have those websites and their phone numbers listed for Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous. If you're a supporter of one of those individuals with a problem with alcohol or drugs, you can uh, join and or call Al-Anon, we have that information posted. We're talking with Jen Oppenheim. Jen, I want to jump down because I'm going to have to have you come back at a later time because there's so much that I want to cover and this is going to be a podcast where we're going to be very specific on a couple of things, but I want to have you come back because you know, as well as I know, that our beloved friend and sister, Erin Ryland, she was on our podcast some months ago and we talked about her incredible empowerment journey with eating disorders and disorder eating and how that came about with, you know, being a survivor of domestic violence and, and different things. So you came up with this emotional free set. Tell us about what that is and what that means. Okay. Well, what I found with my own healing journey and with not just my healing journey, but with my professional journey as a coach helping other people is that we are all, you know, a work in progress. There is, you know, there's always another layer to peel. There's always another mutation, transmutation, um, evolution that we have to, to go through and to. And what I discovered, I, I was gifted with a, a really um, bad accident 
in 2004. And um, in that accident, uh, it was a car accident, um, I was driving my car and a motorcycle hit me essentially head on. And the, the driver of the car was par partially launched into my vehicle and then um, exited my vehicle and ended up about 40 feet away. And so because of this accident, which I now consider a gift, um, I went into treatment for PTSD. And it gave me some tools like EFT. And it's, I, and it helped me a lot. You know, it helped me through that time. And it's not that I necessarily applied them to uh, transform my life and how it was at that time. Um, but when the next big thing happened, I had something in my toolbox. And then when the next thing happened, I found a new tool and I had that in my toolbox, you know, whether it was breath work or meditation or somatic release or, uh, you know, um, tr how trauma is stored in the body. And, you know, there's all these different techniques that I came upon as helpful and added to my toolbox. And I picked out the parts of them that I found to be the most effective in the shortest amount of time to help people acknowledge, witness, process, and release their trauma so that they could keep the memory. You know, you're not going to lose, you're not going to forget a damn thing that's happened to you. You know, and you may remember other worse shit along the way. You know, healing is a bumpy journey and it's okay, but you'll have tools to witness and acknowledge and process and release those emotions. So you don't have to live there with them. So you don't have to re react in the same old ways that you have a way to process and feel without staying there. So that's what that's where the emotional preset technique was born. And um, I'm very proud of it. I love it so very much. And it, uh, like I say, it's, it's a constantly evolving and growing thing like we all are. I want to jump back to something that you said uh, a few minutes ago when you talked about the word victim. I always ask this question because far be it from your brother LP to be the caveman, knuckle dragon, dinosaur, you know, I don't want to give the perception that I have not involved as a guy. This is part of the reason why I started this podcast, because how many guys do you know of in podcast land have a podcast that talks about the four things that we cover because we also cover missing persons and i got a missing person case you're going to drop off at the end and i'm going to continue the conversation uh but i want to ask you what word works for you what do you use because i've had one person say that they don't have a problem using the word victim and she laid it all out most people say survivor is their standard 
And I've had some people that say, I don't like Survivor at all. It's champion, it's triumphant, it's overcomer, it's um, victor, victorious, and a bunch of other different words that they use. Why does Survivor work for you? Well, I will say, first of all, victim doesn't work for me because I believe that your word is your wand. I believe you are casting spells over your energy and over your life with every single thing you speak out into the world. I truly, truly believe that. I am not everybody's people. Everybody's not my people. It's all good. Um, you know, live long and prosper, everyone. Um, but I truly, truly believe that you are speaking magic out into your stuff. So I am very conscious and mindful about the language I use with myself about myself. And that's my superpower is helping people change that conversation with themselves about themselves. Um, so for me, I, at, on, and as a matter of fact, I talked earlier about uh, February 13th, 2013. On that day, I changed it from victim to survivor. And then later, I changed it to victor. And then now I, sometimes I use victor, I mostly use thriver, because I like the energy behind thriver. Um, I like the energy. Tell us about that. Because I like thriver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Thriver means um, experiencing life through the attitude of gratitude um, and understanding, milking, you know, just milking the goodness, milking the joy, milking the bliss out of every single moment. I lived in a chair basically, you know, other than going to work. Um, I lived in a chair playing fucking Farmville, watching TV for years, you know, wishing, you know, intending without any commitment, um, you know, watching the world go by, literally, um, waiting for somebody to come and save me. And no one was coming, you know, nobody was coming. You have to be your own hero. And that I like that. I like that. You know, we can do hard things. You've already done hard things. You, every single person who listens to this, watches this, whatever, has already done hard fucking things. You've already survived hard things. Look at yourself. Look how powerful you are. Look how strong you are. Look how amazing you are. Look how, and that, you know, that's my mission is to bring everybody back to that perfect, you were created perfect. You were created perfectly whole, complete, a divine reflection, a divine peace, and you've never stopped being that. The only thing keeping you from that is that bullshit story you're telling yourself about how failing at this devalued you, how suffering that trauma that somebody else inflicted upon you made you worthless or worth less or, you know, name your name it, whatever it is. So for me, thriving is the antithesis to all of that. Jim. 
I got three more questions for you. Now, I'm not going to ask you the one question with the 27 parts because Mrs. LP will come in here and like, look, don't do that. Don't, don't. So I broke, I streamlined, and I want you to tell, whenever you meet her, I always tell my guests, please, whenever you meet her verbally or in person, let her know that her beloved Mr. LP, because everybody calls her Mrs. LP, acknowledges that he has a little ADD, that he can go in the left field, but he really works to streamline that and not get off track. So instead of giving you the 27 parts, I broke it down into three questions and that's all they're going to be. And then we're going to let you go because you got to go. So question number one, triggers. So question number two, explain trigger resilience. Vulnerability is a synonym for courage. And three, I want you to tell us about your work as an integrative in, integrative wellness and life coach the mic is yours and you can answer them in any order okay you may have to remind me as we as we go um i've kind of told you about the the coaching so far so i'll you know give that the shortest little little bit because i've been talking about what i do and you know i think people have probably gotten a feel for that so the first question is about triggers and when you and i had our first conversation um, I told you um, that I have a very unpopular position and particularly in my work, in my, um, in my field um, about triggers. And my opinion, and, and it comes through complete understanding and compassion. There is no lack of love from me and it comes from, this is like the hard truth that you need to hear. The world doesn't give a fuck about your triggers. The world does not give a fuck about your triggers and they don't stop coming. Whether it's a nasty remark that someone makes, which is really a reflection of them, not you, uh -huh, even if it's towards you, um, to candy in the Home Depot aisle, the triggers do not stop. So I'm not a fan of trigger warnings because why? Because why are we constantly and I, constantly protecting our trying to, you know, hoping that the world is going to protect us from what we should be taking responsibility for, which is our own healing. We, the past, I just made an Instagram post about this yesterday. The past has ceased to exist. It has ceased to exist, except in the story that you are telling about it. You get to choose the relationship you keep to everything in your past. It doesn't make mean it doesn't happen it didn't happen it doesn't invalidate your emotions but you there's nothing to do you can't undo what has happened you can take responsibility for your own healing and trigger resilience and that's part of the work that we do with the emotional preset technique that is part of it is that it's practicing the pause i don't have to react this isn't that this isn't that 
So that's one thing. Um, uh, vulnerability is a synonym for courage. Your story, sharing your story, allowing your, we carry so much fucking shame and it's useless. It's just an albatross. It's a 800 pound. I carried 200 pounds of shame and pain around for 47 years and none of it was mine. You know, none of it was mine and there was no reason for it. You know, what was I, why was I hiding? Because I was afraid that people wouldn't love me if they knew the truth about me. That people would, that I wouldn't be acceptable, that I wouldn't be loved, that I wouldn't be whatever if people knew the truth. And the truth is, the truth really does set you free. The truth really does set you free. And your mess can absolutely become your message. Your trauma can become your treasure. And sharing your story, letting, standing in your truth will empower you to take care of yourself, to love yourself, to honor yourself, to respect yourself. And that allows you to share, when you're so full that it has no choice but to overflow onto everyone around you, so full of love, so full of acceptance, so full of non-judgment, that your story, like I've said stuff here today, like stuff that's like really traumatic, super casually, because I have released the emotional connection. I let the trauma is gone. The wisdom remains. So that's what I mean. Vulnerability, getting your standing in the truth, not fuck the shame. Let, let, you know, get help. I have somebody hold your hand to help you really stand in your whole truth, your whole power. You will be okay. You will be set free from all of this stuff holding you back. So that's the other thing um, for, as far as the synonym for courage. It's like, and then you, you trust yourself so much. You have so much more confidence. And it's like when, when you, nobody can, when nobody has anything over you, when you're not afraid of people finding out stuff, it sets you free. It sets you free. I even stopped dyeing my hair a little over a year ago because I was constantly chasing the grays Hiding what? Hiding the fact that I was 56 when I'm telling people I'm 56 every freaking day? Who cares? Who cares? Love yourself. Love every single nook and cranny of yourself. So I think I pretty much explained what I do in that question anyway. So there you go. I'm not going to even tell you the story. I'm going to tell you the story. Maybe not today. I'll tell you the story. Okay, so real quick. When I was an EMT basic, this was years ago. I go into and and I I was sexually traumatized in this story. It's kind of funny, but I'm gonna tell it anyway. So I go in this nursing home and it's me and my partner. We go to pick up this patient to take to the hospital. It was just a basic transport. They they had some abnormal, they had some abnormal labs, they came back. They wanted them to go in to get an evaluation. So it was a non-urgent transport, no lights and sirens or whatever. I'm standing at the nurse's station and this uh, the CNA, the certified nurse's assistant, 
has a patient in a wheelchair, this 90-something-year-old woman. I'm standing at the nursing station, and as they're rolling by behind me, I get goosed. Not by the young CNA, but the 90-something-year-old woman. And she is totally aphasia. She does not speak. Everybody is like, because I was like, oh. And I turn around, and there were people that were standing behind me and the lady, and everybody saw it. So the nurses are laughing, like everybody's laughing or whatever. The lady that goosed me, she can't speak, but she has this cheesy grin on her face. She knows exactly what she did. And I was like, and she she motioned like this to the CNA and the lady bent down and she 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 did something like in sign language or whatever. So I don't know if she had a hearing issue or speech impediment or whatever it was, but I was like, what did she say to you? She said, with your gray hair, you look like Barack Obama. And she loves Barack Obama. And she said if she ever had a chance to meet Barack, she would do that to him. But she knows she would get arrested <laughs> by the Secret Service. So she used me as a substitute. You got That's goose today. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> I was like, man, because she was talking to the, uh, she said something, like it took her like a, about a minute to say all of this or whatever. And I was like, because she was like, I was like, what is she saying to this person? And she was like, hold on. And she was, you know, doing all that. I'm like, and so that was that was the conversation. So that's my very funny. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. I got one <laughs> more question to throw out there okay. to you. How can people get in touch with you? Because I know you got to run. I'm gonna put up your. I'm gonna share my screen real quick, as I had initially when we started. So you got your website and I got your IG page. Tell us about those two things and we'll have the links for that. Well, great. So um, the, probably the easiest, the places that I hang out the most, um, as I mentioned to you before, I have a bit of a hate, hate relationship with Facebook. So yeah. I know Facebook groups are all the thing. I am not a huge fan, um, but I do have my website and I do Zoom groups. Um, the cool thing is pretty much most places to get in touch with me is Jen Oppenheim, whether it's my website, jenoppenheim.com, on Instagram, Jen Oppenheim, at Jen Oppenheim, or on Clubhouse, at Jen Oppenheim. I do a ton of rooms on Clubhouse. I am happy to provide free resources, um, all kinds of different things. Um, I do a meditation at 6.40 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every single morning on Clubhouse. Many of those are about body gratitude and acceptance. Um, they're probably, I do about three a week, three, four a week on body gratitude and acceptance. And that's actually where it started. It started June 12th of last year, um, mm -hmm. two days after my brother, my primary offender died very suddenly. And I started it as a gift to myself. And it's a beautiful little soul family that has grown up in there. Sometimes it's only two people. Sometimes it's 30. I never know. But I show up every day. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, those are those are the best places to get in touch with me. And uh, we're going to provide those links. As I said earlier, we're going to provide those links so people can get in touch with you in the show notes. 
Last question, Great. and I know, and and you can take as much time as you want on this. If you could write a letter to younger Jen at whatever age, or an email to a younger Jen at whatever age, what would you say? Um, the first thing that I would say is the thing that I taught myself to say starting on the magic date of February 13th, 2013, which is every time I caught myself having a thought, uh, for me, thoughts, to, you know, it's almost like a voice when I have the thought, you know, that we all, we have the mean girl voice for those of us um, who are female. Um, every time I had a mean girl thought, uh, about myself or anyone else, really, because again, that when you're judging other people, you're really judging yourself. It's always stuff you're fighting. You don't like them in yourself. Just, just keep track and get back to me and let me know if that isn't true. Because um, I found it to be very true with myself that the more judgmental I was with other people, especially about appearance kind of stuff, the more judgmental I was with myself. So anyway, tangent. Thank you. Um, what was I saying? I have no idea what I was talking about. What was I talking about? Myself. See what yeah. happens. <laughs> That's all right. I'm sorry. Just uh, what would you say to your younger self if you could write a letter? Oh, younger self. Sorry. See, it, it's not just you. It happens to me all the time, Jen. I'm telling you. So I, already, it, look, I know. So it's not just I, you. I got my book um, already ready. I already got my book ready. I'm <laughs> telling you. Sweet. Sweet. So anyway, so um, the younger self thing, again, is the first thing I would say I said to myself starting on that date. Every time the mean girl thought came in, I would make myself go and look myself in the eyes, in the mirror, and say, I am a perfect child of God. And I would say it over and over and over again. And sometimes I would be bawling when I said it, um, but I would say that. So that would be the first thing is to tell that child that you were created in perfection. You were created as a divine reflection. You are here for a purpose. You are unique and perfect. You don't have to be like anyone else. No one is better. No one is less. No, you know, we are here to fill each other's gaps and walk each other home. Take care of yourself first. Pour love, forgiveness, acceptance, and self-care mentally, emotionally, physically, and most importantly, spiritually into yourself. You are priority one every single day. Keep your connection with source, your number one priority. Trust in that. Have faith in that. Your purpose is revealed. You will be okay. Jen, that's a mic drop moment. I don't have anything else to add. Jen Oppenheim, folks, <laughs> definitely check her out on her social media links that we're going to provide. This transforming, this transformation group that you have, I'm telling you, it's just amazing. I love the website, jenoppenheim.com. Visit her, reach out to her. She has a bevy of information. She has a list of certs as long as my arm. And she can help you in so many ways. 
I want to thank you, Jen, for your time. Definitely going to have to have you come back because I really want us to dive more into the eating disorders as well as some of the sexual-based offenses, but specifically the domestic violence that first responders experience. Even talking about those first responders that dealt with domestic violence after their unfortunate work with Sandy Hook. Uh, because yeah, I would be happy to. Uh, we, we definitely need to talk about that. And I know that's all in the news with uh, Court TV and, and the, the case of Alex Jones and the hoax that he got sued for. You know, for me, I just will say this before I let you go. And I know we talked about the school and, uh, you know, they tore the school down. Um, I know they have a, a memorial set up at the site. And I know for me, LP loves the kids. LP loves all the kids. You know, at one point I, I, I said not all the kids. I said all the, the non-grown kids. But then I had to change it back because Mrs. LP was like, no, nah, I, I, I like it better. I like when you say LP loves all the kids. And I think about those situations, as I said, my idea of domestic violence encompasses acts of violent and active violent incidents like what happened at Sandy Hook. And we'll talk about that more in detail. And I've talked about that on this platform, how I throw those incidents under the umbrella of domestic violence, because wherever you have a domestic situation and an act of violence happens there, that's domestic violence, you know, home, school, workplace, church, you know, it, it could be wherever you go, shopping mall, what have you. But we'll talk about and that. We will. And I'm, I am going to run. But and so much of that, I have, just have to say, and so much of that on both sides, the offender side and the people who suffer from it is unhealed child wounds. You know, yes. there, are, there are childhood wounds, inner child wounds that need to be healed. Um, so anyway, I'll just leave it with that. Thank you so, so much. It's been absolutely That's right. Jen, I'll see you in these clubhouse streets. Peace and blessings to you, my friend. Back we're to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Absolutely. So, of course, we're going to continue the conversation as we always wrap up the podcast with a missing person case. Mrs. LP, our in-house true crime detective, she only likes to unsolved cases. Once they're, they're solved, she loses complete interest and she moves on. Well, this week we have the case that I found on this site called charlieproject.org. It's one of my favorites. This is a young man. His name is Edward Larnell Martin. And again, this is from the charlieproject.org. I will post the link to him and the Charlie Project site, and I'm just going to read this information. So this picture was taken of Mr. Martin uh, circa 1999. Edward Larnell Martin, missing since July 1st, 1999, from Tulsa, Oklahoma. His classification is endangered, missing, sex male, race black, age 50 years old. His height and weight is 5'10 and 145 pounds. Distinguishing characteristics are African-American male, black hair, brown eyes. Martin's nickname is Chicken. Yes, his nickname is Chicken. 
Details of his disappearance. Mr. Martin was last seen in Tulsa, Oklahoma sometime during July 1999. He resided in the area of Utica Avenue in Apache Street at the time of that at that time. He has never been heard from again. He was not reported missing for several years. Yeah, foul play is, is suspected in the Martin case. He is related by marriage to Terrence Haney, Terrence Haney, who also lived near Utica Avenue and Apache Street and disappeared from Tulsa in 2001. It has not been proven that the men's cases are related. Um, you know, the investigating agency is the Tulsa Police Department. If you have any information about Edward Larnell Martin, any information, good, bad, ugly, or indifferent, please, please, please contact Tulsa PD at 918-596-9122. Again, if you have any information about Mr. Martin's disappearance, call the Tulsa PD at 918-596-9122. Uh, there are some other links in this story that will be part of the link that I post from the Charlie Project. So they have a link to the Tulsa PD, the Tulsa World newspaper, name us, and the Facebook page for Tulsa Missing Persons. All of those links will be attached to this charlieproject.org link that I'm going to post in the show notes for Edward Larnell Martin. Again, when we do missing person cases, 99% of them are, nine, uh, excuse me, are melanated men, women, and children. It could be a runaway. It could be a kidnapping. It can be an abduction. And if the person is not missing, but they were killed under mysterious circumstances, their killer and our killers have not been adjudicated. Nobody knows where they are or nobody's saying who they are or whom they are. We will cover that because we want to bring the same energy and media coverage to those cases. We did that with Mr. Donnie Jones. We, we talked about him being found ha hanging in the backyard. He was a Ferguson activist after the Mike Brown situation in my hometown of St. Louis, Missouri, specifically in Ferguson, which is a suburb in St. Louis County. We talked about that case and we just want to bring the same attention because again, he wasn't reported missing for several years and he's still missing. This is 1999. So I want to thank everyone for joining us. I want to thank my special guest, Jan Oppenheim. Again, you know, when we have these conversations, it's so important that, as she said, I don't like making the announcement, hey, what I'm getting ready to say is triggering because I feel like. I'm having a conversation with you, whether I say trigger warning or triggering or not. This is not for shock value. However, we understand that keeping in mind, people have different levels of sensitivity and there are certain things that may be mentally harmful for somebody. It may give them a flashback. It may put them in a mindset of I wasn't ready, you know. I would like to have the option to bow out of the conversation if I know it's going to go down that rabbit hole or go in that direction. So that's why we call this podcast Trigger Warning Talk Podcast. We want to make sure that people understand that we like 
to have a full conversation. We don't like the iceberg conversation where you only talk about the 10% like an iceberg. It's what you see above water. The 90% that you don't, which is under the water, I always say that's where the pain, the judgment, the guilt, the shame, the stigmas, the taboos, the stereotypes, and anything else you want to throw under there. That's where all that stuff is. It's all dark and it's all murky and it's all deep. So we can flip the iceberg upside down and have that discussion, or we can put on the scuba gear, deep dive into it like we always do in every podcast, and we have no problem. We don't bite our tongue. We're very conscientious of who's listening or who may want to listen. So that's why we provide all of those resources in every show in the notes for people who may be traumatized, who may be triggered, who may need help. Because our motto in part is seek help. Just as simple, folks. If you need help, seek help. Don't allow yourself to continue to be hurt. Allow yourself to continue to be on a journey of healing because it's going to be a lifelong journey and you may help somebody else. You may help somebody else that maybe experienced something similar to what you have experienced and they may want to self-medicate. They may want to do something harmful to themselves. They may also want to do something harmful to other people and not themselves. So this is why we have this podcast, because we don't just do dialogue, as I always state. Dialogue is trauma dumping. And if you want me to be involved, it better not just be a dialogue, because I can sit on the couch binge watching something on Netflix and picking the lint out of my belly button. I would rather do that, honestly. I would rather do that and be in a conversation where we're just talking and what do we do now? Are we just done? Do we just go to the bar or get some cigars and brandy? You know, what do we do with this conversation? How are we going to help people? So that's just me. That's just my thoughts. You've heard it before. I'll say it until my last breath. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For tuning in to the Trigger Wanna Talk podcast, we have an episode that appears every Thursday morning with a new guest talking about one of the conversational pieces that we have, human and sex trafficking, missing persons, domestic violence, and finally, sexually based offenses. For all and for everyone, live in awareness, never live in fear, keep your head on a swivel, seek help. And until next time, LP out.